This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. to waste your mind on garbage. You know how much TV we watch? Social media. You waste your time in that. It's nonsense. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for it. I only do it for ministry just to catch up. But people, it's amazing. The things that we just fill our mind with. Entertainment. I remember when I grew up, there was only two movies showing in the theater. Now you got like 20. I remember there was like four or five channels. Now you got 2,000 channels and nothing to watch. You think living in the information age would be a great advantage for us. Do you need to know how to do something? Type in a couple of words and there you have it. The answer right in front of you. But what do we do with that technology? We fill our minds with meaningless garbage. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches you to stay away from things that lead you away from the truth. Instead, you should fill your minds with the things of God. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 as he continues his message, Warning Against False Teachers. False teachers were teaching that to abstain from certain food. If you want to, to be right with God, don't eat these foods or don't abstain fasting and make it three days, make it four days. But it's not so much for fasting. It's not for separating the flesh, and it's good to fast. There were certain foods, certain dietary laws. You know, those laws were given in the Old Testament for a reason. For a reason. When the Lord said that they shouldn't, you know, have meat with dairies because the pagans were practicing boiling a calf in its mother's milk. That was a practice. And that's where it began, the, the dairy and the meats. But Abraham, uh, he, served, he served meat and dairy, right? Remember when he was in his tent and these three came and the Lord's going to tell him, hey, listen, I'm going to destroy you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. So it was Jesus Christ. It was Christophany. He came with angels and he told his servant, hey, prepare a table, get the best calf, get all this milk and all that stuff. It wasn't a problem back then, but there was a reason. But there's a purpose for that. And, and again, if you want to look at the laws, the dietary laws, you, you can't eat camel, you can't have a bat, you can't eat bat. Who would want to do that? <laughs> that's like, let's say, like, okay, God, we got that one. <laughs> you know, but just in case, someone might be crazy enough, you know? Anyway, you know, some people are so caught up and legalist about what they eat, when they eat it, but it's not. What goes in the mouth that makes a man unclean? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 11, he said, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of his mouth, this defiles a man. You're worried about what you're eating, and meanwhile, you're cursing like a sailor. I'm sorry for you Navy guys, but you know what I'm talking about. You're worried about what you eat. It's solely, oh, fish on Fridays, fish on Fridays. Where's that? That's not biblical, by the way. I love seafood, but if I want a cheeseburger on a Friday, you know I'm going to have two. 
That's not biblical. But, you know, they're concerned about what they eat. Meanwhile, they can lie, slander, gossip. You know, you could destroy a person with your tongue. So, God created a digestive system. You know that? And for that reason. I like what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. He says, food for the stomach and stomach for food. That's it. Very simple. People are getting really legalistic about, you know, what they eat. Don't get me wrong. You need to take care. I mean, you know, take care of the body. If you know there's certain foods that you know, your body don't agree with, don't eat it. It's not good for you. Don't eat it. It's okay. But everything with prayer and thanksgiving. So both marriage and foods were created by God. That's what he says in verse 3 and the rest of verse 3. He says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with what? Thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Because God created, he created both marriage and foods. Because we believe and know the truth, we're not subject by the law. We receive everything with thanksgiving. We're made righteous because of Jesus Christ, not by certain practices, rules, and rituals. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 4, he said, For every creature of God is good, and nothing should be refused, if it's received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God. And prayer, everything God created is good. Before the flood, Noah and his family and all those that were alive before the flood, they were just eating vegetables. They were vegetarians. That's biblical. We saw that. But after the flood, the Lord said, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, You can have a cheeseburger. It's okay. He allowed meats to be included in the diet. And God knew. He didn't say, okay, um, you know, maybe, maybe I should let them eat meat. No, he knew from the very beginning. So it's okay. As for me, I'm a meditarian. I love meat. Vegetables, sometimes. I try my, trust me, I do try. I do try. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says this. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. Don't get so legalistic about that. I like me, I always pray for my food. I don't think it makes sense to pray for a chocolate sundae, you know, because God's not going to make that nourishing to your body. <laughs> but I pray for God's goodness and his faithfulness. You know, do I do it legalistically? No. Do I do it like, oh, I didn't pray for my food or pray for 15, 20 minutes and you have to put it back in the microwave? No. <laughs> I love people like that, but I want to invite them again. Not just kidding. <laughs> This is it. You quick. You pray quick. Okay, yeah, because I'm hungry and this is hot. <laughs> Just kidding. But you need to pray. You need to pray for your food. You know, the way foods are made and processed, the way it's cared for these days. I'm sorry, I spoiled you after a little lunch. But anyway, we need to pray for our food. Okay, so verses one through five. Verses one through five. The apostasy of the of false teachers, leaders, bad leaders. Now in verses six through eleven, he's going to write about the good minister. So he said in verse six, if you instruct, that means to teach, to explain. Paul is speaking to leaders. Leaders ought to at least know the word of God. Uh, doesn't mean that they uh, like you know the bishop, the pastor. They have to teach. That's one of the requirements. They have to 
have the ability to teach. The, the deacons is not a qualification, but they need to know doctrine. They need to know their faith. He said, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister, deaconos, a servant of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. So, a good minister, a good servant is one who teaches and instructs God's people the words of faith and doctrine. And a lot of churches are leaving out doctrine. They're leaving out theology. Those terms tend to, you know, might be misleading. People think, oh, I got to be a scholar now. No. We do it all the time here. We teach it all the time. True doctrine and theology. And we need to know that. A lot of people just want the practical things. Okay, just show me what I need to do. You know? Yeah, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that salvation thing works, justification by faith. I have an idea how that means, but I believe. That's good. But there's a reason why Christians are always bouncing back and forth. They're like tumbleweeds in a, in a little desert. You see the dead, no roots, because they don't have doctrine. They don't have theology. They don't know Bible. That's why Paul always says, therefore, therefore. He gives the doctrine, and he says, therefore, here's the practical the doctrinal, and then the practical. How we practically can add that to our lives? And so we need to know doctrine, because how would you know the doctrines of demons? We need to know sound doctrine. That's only found in the word of God. Again, that's why we teach verse by verse, women's ministry verse by verse, men's ministry verse by verse. That's what we do. And as a matter of fact, Paul the apostle practiced that. Paul was an expositor of the Old Testament, mind you. He didn't have the New Testament. The church was birthed out and, and flourished and grew and multiplied by the millions around the world, and they, all they used was the Old Testament. But this is what Paul said, and he actually was speaking to this church here, the leaders in Ephesus, he, and there it was considered like the first pastor's conference, if you will, in Acts chapter 20. And this is what he told the leaders in Ephesus. In Acts chapter 20, verse 27, he says this, for I, he said, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, everything. I taught it to you. And that's what we do. That's a good teacher. A good teacher must know the word of God, and he must. And here, here's something else. To be a good teacher at the middle of verse 6. Well, let's read it all together from the top of verse 6. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Here it is, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. If a leader is to teach the word of God, he must be diligent and faithful in the word of God. We are to teach. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. Paul writes this, the hardworking farmer must, must be first to partake of the crops. He has to test it. Hey, okay, this is a good crop, right? And then, okay, guys, okay, gather up the, you know, the harvest and let's sell it. In the same way, I have to study, know what I'm talking about, because, again, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. And I have to study because I want to make sure the more I know, the better I can teach and explain, and also it's for me personally. So, yeah, I may speak for 40, 50, maybe two hours, no, not two hours, maybe <laughs> 50 minutes, and it takes me a whole week pretty much. It takes me all day, Saturday, some Fridays, and it's, I spend hours. Because I research, I look at the Hebrew, I, I want to make sure I present. I first need to study it, and I get a 
good time. It's, it's one of the best jobs in the world to study the word of God and teach it. It's nothing better. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 15, it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. That's not only leaders, that's for all of us. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth. Showing, okay, this is what we read here, and here's another passage in Scripture that's consistent with that. That's why I share the verses to you on the screen as we study the other verses that confirm. So to say it was written by man, I don't think so. I don't think there's a man in this whole planet throughout history is that smart. Then he goes on to say, you want to be a good teacher? You need to study, show yourself, improve, but there's some things you just need to stay away from. You know, sometimes we think that, okay, I got to learn everything, but then you, you just, you're learning garbage and nonsense. It's like your, your mind's like a computer, program in, you know, you know, and garbage in, garbage out, or good stuff, data in, data out. If you want to study, stick to the word of God. But there are things that you need to avoid. Not only study the word, but you must avoid fables. His, look what he says in verse 7. He said, but reject profane and old wives' fables. Old wives' fables. And it's just tales. And this is exactly what he said in the very beginning of this letter in chapter 1, verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause a dispute rather than godly edification, which is in the faith. Forget about that. Forget about genealogy. Okay, your, your great, 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 great is, 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 is uh, you know, King Solomon. Your great, great, great is uh, uh, David, King David. You're from the tribe of Judah. Okay, we get it. All right, you're probably the next one going to be a deacon because you're the descendant of King David. You know, it's just nonsense. They, they put their, their trust in their genealogies and then fables, things that are told that are, there's no proof of. And th- you know, those stories that have been handed out from generation to generation, it just starts changing. Stay away from that. I'm sure you heard the phrase, probably people in my time, mind is a terrible thing to waste. Sometimes the mind could be some, the worst thing to worship too. But you, know, you don't want to waste your mind on garbage. You know how much TV we watch? Social media. You waste your time on that. It's nonsense. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for it. I only do it for ministry just to catch up. But people, it's amazing. The things that we just fill our mind with entertainment. I remember when I grew up, there was only two movies showing in the theater. Now you got like 20. I remember there was like four or five channels. Now you got 2,000 channels and nothing to watch. We're filled with things to entertain. It just robs them. It just, and that's all we fill our lives with. When I watch something, maybe the History Channel, Discovery Channel, but since I don't have cable anymore, I don't watch that. It's a waste of time. But here, yeah, for, for, for a teacher... I mean, we need to be careful not to adapt some of these things. And there are things that we need to avoid. Avoid useless tale, fable, fables, old wives' uh, tale, you know, conspiracy theories. You know, okay, yeah, you go figure it out. When you get the truth, let me know. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. You know, instead of wasting time on these things, exercise towards godliness. And Paul is using the athletic image here because in Rome, that's how it was, in Greece, and in Ephesus especially, that's where it was. They were big on, on sports, just like today, no different. It's sad that, you know, parents are having their kids do sports during uh, most of church time, but, you know, it's like another religion. 
But here he's saying exercise using that athletic image. And so we should exercise. That involves us reading the Bible. It, it involves us studying the word of God. It involves us, you know, really getting into prayer. Become prayer warriors. We need more prayer warriors in the church. And so in verse 8, he says, for bodily exercise profits a lot. No, a little. A little. Now, don't get me wrong. We should be good stewards of our bodies. The scripture says that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why everything we do, be careful you don't offend God. If Christ is dwelling in your heart, be careful of the sin you commit or the things that you, you got to take care of your body. In verse Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? The Holy Spirit dwells in. So, yeah, we should be careful, you know, and be good stewards of our body. And obviously, I'm not the example for that. That's probably my shortfalling, you know. I'm going to lose a crown for my gem, you know, a gem for my crown because of that. <laughs> you know, we need to put things in priority. However, it says here, bodily exercise only benefits us. Really, it's really only going to benefit this life this life now the body you have now it's not going to be the same body 5 10 20 years ago later it is it's not going to be the same body 10 20 years later it's not the body you're going to have in heaven you're going to have a glorified body and i'm grateful for that because i know i'll be a foot taller <laughs> all right two feet <laughs> so you know it profits little but he says but but Godliness is profitable for some of the things. No, all things having promise of the life that is now and of that which is to come. Exercise, you know, the body is only temporary. It's only here. Your body is going to fade away. Trust me. So a believer should be more concerned about the word of God and exercising. He's talking, again, he's talking to leaders, but this is applicable for all of us. It profits little. And it's sad that some people are in the gym five days a week and don't come to church. They have no problem lifting up those dumbbells. You see them, they're looking at themselves. Okay, I got it. What am I going to work on next? You know? Have no problem lifting up 200, but have a problem lifting up the Bible just less than a pound. We need to put things in priority. Again, we need to be good stewards of our bodies. The Lord has given it to us. We need to take care of it. But it profits little. He's saying this because the legalist was saying, don't eat these foods. Don't get married. <laughs> you know, God bless those things. And then in verse 9 says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of acceptance. In other words, this is the truth and it should be accepted. And verse 10, for to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach. Why do we labor? Why do we work hard in the ministry? And, 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 and you know, the Bible says to take your salvation with fear and tremble. There's work there. There's work as a, 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 if you serve. Why do we suffer as Christians? Why? Read on. Because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. We're going to suffer. Jesus says you will suffer. He didn't say you might. You will suffer. You're not of this world. You belong to Jesus. The world hates God. The world hates Jesus in you. And I like what 
Paul wrote to Timothy in the second letter, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, he says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. We all suffer. If you're not suffering, then maybe you're not sharing the gospel. Maybe people don't know you're Christian. So he says in verse 11, these things command and teach. Command and teach. So the Holy Spirit tells us in the last days, there are people who will depart from the faith because bad doctrine, doctrines of demons. It comes from the demonic spiritual realm. And Satan has been deceiving, going against the word of God since the garden. Since the garden. And he still has a bag of tricks left. He knows Christ is coming soon. And that's why we need to stick to the truth of the word of God. How do you know what's right? How do you know it's biblical? Read the Bible. Don't go by what Pastor Eddie tells you. If you follow every word I say, you're following the wrong person. You're not following Christ. You're going to fall. You need to follow Jesus. Everything that we study, take notes. Take notes. Study it for yourself. Take it home. Have a question? Ask me. I may not know the answer, but I promise I'll get it to you. I love questions because if I don't have an answer for it, that means there's something I don't know. And when, I want, when it comes to the things of God and the word of God, I want to know. And so study, show yourself approved. Exercise, take time to separate yourself from the world. Get lost in the word of God. Get lost in prayer. Get lost in the word of God and get lost in prayer. There's a lot of false teachers out there. And people are just taking it in. They're not examining it. It's the same thing with the, with the media. You know, people just, they just, they just read the highlights. The highlight, uh, what's the title? Okay, they just read how they, they just, they're not. They're not independent thinkers. Oh, that's what it says? Okay, oh, that's what's going on right now. But it's not to put so much emphasis on the things of the world. So if you're getting lost and getting caught up in what the world is doing, that's why I love that song. You can have this world. Just give me Jesus. Because it doesn't matter. Look, the world's going to change. The word of God doesn't change. And what hap- what's happening now in this world is not going to change the end of the book. We see the end of the book, we win. Your life here on earth, while your soul is in your body, in your flesh, your life here should be a life that glorifies God. But once the Lord said, okay, it's time for you to come home, let's say the rapture hasn't happened Time for you to go home. That's it. You're going to stand before God. As believers in Christ, good thing. We're going to be at the Bema seat. You're going to be judged for the things you did and did not do. It's not a judgment to condemnation. That's the white throne judgment. And those who haven't accepted Jesus Christ are going to have to stand before the white throne judgment. Why they rejected Jesus. But we need to live our lives and to glorify God now. So exercise in the things of the Lord. Exercise yourself spiritually for godliness. Amen. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of 1 Timothy, where we're learning some great truths for living and leading in the church. In chapter 1, verse 18, and chapter 6, verse 12, Paul wrote, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You too are encouraged to fight the good fight, 
Stand firm in your convictions and know that you have the full power of God when you speak His name. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Running the Race is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over right now to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. And we'll connect with you next time here on Running the Race.